and welcome to another episode of the Level Up Running Podcast. I'm Darren and joining me as always is Jace. Hello. And this episode we'll be discussing The Wall. The Wall. Now, this has been the race that uh, when I bought the season pass, it's the one I've been dreading the most. Just just due to the sheer distance and because it's mainly road. So we'll, we'll get into the details, but just, just a high level, what were your thoughts on it? Did it meet your expectations? Yeah, as I say, uh, we've both been looking at this one as the big the big challenge for the year. It's d- different from things we've done before. Yeah. Uh, road, both of us don't like road. Um, yeah, essentially, it was a really long road run with a little bit of a trail run in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, it is what it says on the tin. It's a long way. You can't underestimate how far it is from almost one side of the country to the other. Um, yeah, it's long. Yeah. Personally, I found this uh, the most mentally tough one that we've done. Um, for me, this this was harder than Aaron, but there again, I prefer to be off road. Yeah, Aaron. At the time, we thought, oh, this is uh, this is the worst it can be. But with Aaron, as we've mentioned, you've got the amazing views. You've got the varied terrain. We went up, we went down, we went on the beach, we went on the mountains. There were so many different things to it, rather yeah. than looking down at tarmac in front of your feet. And that being all you see for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. So the thing is, with, with these long events, if if you hit a snag, it can bug you. It can really get into your head. Um, slightest thing like headphones or something like that. Unfortunately, you had uh, you had quite an unlucky race. Yeah. Before we get on to uh, your race, let's let's discuss my ridiculous uh, weekend, if you like. Mm. Started off um, when we arrived at our accommodation and realised I'd forgotten a fairly vital bag that had my toiletries, my watch charger, my phone charger, all sorts of things, uh, my sun cream, all sorts of things that were fairly vital to the race. I'd already planned, I'd had them ready, I'd repacked my bag twice on the Friday morning, somehow still managed to leave this bag behind. So that didn't stop me off the weekend on a good level at all. Yeah. So already I'm kicking myself for being stupid. I'm already kicking myself for forgetting vital bits of kit. The race starts on the Saturday. Uh, 2Ks in, we're going down the side of the river. Brilliant, having a good little ch- chinwag and uh, meeting some people. And uh, my hamstring decided to go uh, 2Ks in. It didn't properly go, but it was it was, it was painful. Um, yeah, yeah. So I was kind of running through that a bit gingerly. Carried on through, went to the first uh, towards the first checkpoint and stuff. Running up this, well, walking up this fairly steep hill. You and I were, and yeah. uh, you'll probably remember I said to you, "My legs feel a bit wet. Am I really yeah, sweating yeah. that much?" Took my bag off, and lo and behold, my wonderful rat race um, hydration bladder has popped. And the problem with being uh, on a long race like this, it's not just water I've got in there; it's tailwind. And uh, mm. as we all know, Tailwind has got all the electrolytes and salts and stuff that you need to keep you running through the day. Um, they're also all the things you don't want around your nether regions and uh, <laughs> various parts of your anatomy when you've yeah. got 100 kilometers left to do on a run. So, um, yeah, we did a bit of emergency thing. Andy um, gave me a spare um, hydration bladder at the next checkpoint and stuff. But by that point, I'd already got my clothes soaked with Tailwind. I'd already had now two two and a half disasters um my head was getting down a bit and then as we progressed through the race you guys were obviously we knew you were fitter than me anyway but you were Mm. pulling further ahead and on the long straight roads i could just about still see you um by the time we get to each of the checkpoints then you guys had been there 10 minutes or so you managed to get yourself sorted out some food some drink um and you were ready to go 
uh, which left, left me little time because I didn't want to drag you guys back in and keep you waiting around for ages. So it left yeah, me yeah. little time to eat. It left me little time to sort myself out, sort my socks out and things, change my um, soaked clothes. Uh, so generally things were just um, looking dismal for me. And then, um, yeah, the chafing was getting worse from the tailwind drying out. And uh, just when I think things couldn't uh, get any worse, we got to the halfway point checkpoint. I gave you my phone, my watch, sorry, to put on charge. Yeah. So we could uh, carry on with the rest of the race. And then I kind of heard you shout, your watch has reset. And I didn't really clock it. Yeah, yeah. You said it. So I put my watch back on and uh, we started off for the second half of the race. And um, yeah, my watch had reset. And at that point, when I'd just done 53 kilometers, apparently I'd done 17 steps for the day. (laughs) That's right, yeah. yeah, my watch had reset, lost the activity that we'd done the first half. So I had to restart it again. So now I've looked down from my watch saying 53Ks to 0.07. Um, again, gets my head down a bit more. And then yeah. you guys are disappearing off into the distance because you're fitter than me. And I'm looking at you disappearing off into the distance. I'm getting my head down. We get towards the um, 40 mile point-ish, 41 miles, I think. I get to a checkpoint and the guys are saying, right, it's only... Uh, five miles to push on now to the Hexham checkpoint you can get yourself all sorted out and get yourself uh, get yourself motivated again uh, which is all well and good but um, I'm feeling the burn at this point feeling the pain and then um, I notice there's a sign that says one mile to the red lion <laughs> and I'm like hmm well, I'm, I'm at this point I'm thinking I've I'm already got my head down I can't get myself out of this cycle of misery something else is going to go wrong I'm going to be here all night long I'm running on my own and there's a pub over there so um, at that point yeah I let it get the better of me I, I didn't get out of my own head and I jacked it in I called the uh, race team, told them I was going to DNF, and then promptly went into the pub, got myself a pint and a bag of crisps, and uh, sat there chatting to people as they ran past. Nice. So that was my uh, experience of the wall. It wasn't ideal. Uh, I do have some regrets, but I'm taken away from it that I did uh, 41 miles of it. And um, yeah, so tell us how it should have gone and how it went for you. So different for me but I, I again i was lucky and i think this one one of these things that comes from andy and i over preparing uh, as you said we we'd been putting in a mile so we were fairly fit um we had spare everything um so we were okay um but i did i did feel your pain um uh, there was a point and i think it was um i think it was the hexam to newburn it was a 17 miles between the two checkpoints uh, between two aid stations and and Andy came out of uh, that aid station. He's like, "Oh yeah, I've just got a second wind, right? Um, let's go." And I'm just like, <laughs> at this point, my legs were burning as well, and I just saw him take off, and I'm just like, I can understand why Jay's quit. <laughs> it was very very hard. It's, it's harsh when you when you're on your own, and you know, like we've, we've said lots of times, you're never really on your own on this. And if I'd have yes, maybe yeah, hooked up yeah. with the right people and had the right chats, I might have been able to carry on. But at what cost? If I'd have got myself any more chafing than I had, uh, I might not have been recovered properly in three weeks for Mamos's Coast. So Absolutely that's the way I'm looking at it. It was a bit of self-preservation for me. I think you did the right thing. Um, it's unfortunate, and I do genuinely feel for you, but I think you did the right thing. So you uh, and Andy trudged on through the night. Uh, you um, went through all the pit stops and that. You had your pit stop strategies that all worked out well for you. And you, and you eventually finished the whole event? We did, yeah. So... Um we decided, I think it was um, when we got to Hexham, I think it was, 
Andy started clock watching. He's like, I'd like to get him before midnight. We can get him before midnight. And then off he went. And he's like, oh, well, we're going to have to speed up a little bit because uh, I think we've only got five hours and we've got X amount of miles. Um, and off he went. And it was just so hard knowing that I wanted to beat that midnight. And it was like, well, my, my body just wants to walk at this point. I'm, I'm, I'm hurting. But it was just like, well, if I do that, I'm not going to make it. So it was just like full trudge mode. I put on an audio audio book. I was just riding the wave of the Skittles and the Haribos. And yeah, trudged through. And it was about 10 to, 10 to 12 we made it in. And I've never been so relieved to cross the finish line, I tell you. Yeah, we uh, obviously came down to pick you up uh, when you guys got to the finish. We were following you on the trackers. Unfortunately, we got there a few minutes late to actually see you cross the line. But uh, mm. yeah, I could see lots of other people come across the line just around the same time you did. And uh, yeah, it you could see that palpable relief on people's face that uh, they'd trudged on and, you know, putting in 18 hours on your feet and uh, 18 yeah. hours making yourself move is no small feat for anyone. And, you know, I have maximum respect for everyone who did complete. And uh, some of the people, um, it was just a sheer force of will that dragged them through. And I know you were at that point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, as for the run itself, um, I found the first half very easy. Uh, just physically, mentally, um, I thought there were nice views, the weather was good, everything like that. The halfway point, uh, for me, the views and all that kind of stuff just, just kind of seemed to dry up and it just seemed to be road after road after path after road and there just didn't seem that much variety. Now, maybe it was because I was running with my head down and just kind of trudged through, but I really didn't enjoy the second half. I think there was a bit less elevation in the second half as well, so you didn't have that high vantage point to look out across the views. Like sure, I said, the yeah. first half when we were coming up to sections of Hadrian's Wall and uh, mm. going across the top part of um, where the Pennines are and stuff, you could you could get to some quite high points and have a real like vistas across the across the uh, countryside, which is gives you something extra to look at rather than, as you say, looking at the bits of road. Yeah, indeed. Uh, one thing that didn't help as well is. Um I know we laugh and joke about rat race miles, but they were way out, um, which which was horrible. When you're looking at your wrist and it's like, oh, cool, I'm on 54 miles. And then you pass the 50 mile marker and it's just like, oh, God, <laughs> I've got to make up another four miles on top of everything that it's, uh, that it's got here. That just made it very, very difficult. Yeah, the, uh, there's a lot of people saying that the uh, mileage was a bit off. And uh, I've noticed today um that on the sign up for next year's race they've actually added a mile to the distance uh, and they call yeah, it a 70 yeah. mile race now because they're trying to be a, a bit more realistic i think it was uh, a bit of a change they've had one of the pit stops in the middle just adds that bit of distance on and they hadn't really accounted for it um on this year's run-up yeah i mean I, I had a look on strava so you know i can do the um you can do the flyby and everybody did the race as well um, it'll show all their numbers on there. So I saw the numbers somewhere between 69 and I think 76 was the guy who clocked the most amount of miles. Um, so I guess it depends on different tracking devices and everything, but it was definitely a lot more than 69. Blimey, yeah. That's, uh, imagine doing another seven miles on top. Oh, I know. Elevation-wise, there was uh, three thousand, roughly 3,900 feet of elevation. Um, and as you said, it took us nearly 17 hours. Uh, looking back, um, we were only moving for about 15 hours. So we spent a long time in those pit stops. But I think you've got to. You've got to have a full change of kit at various places. You've mm, got to mm. make sure you're taking on food and stuff because you can't live as much as Tailwind says. He can give you everything for the day. You can't live just off uh, sports nutrition, really. You've got to have some proper Absolutely food in agree. you. Absolutely agree, yeah, yeah. 
and there was a lot of proper food in there as well. The pit stops were really good. I think uh, they've, they've really excelled themselves. You know, they've given a, a nice range of food to people to eat, so you're not eating the same stuff through the day. There's only so much that some uh, oranges and the odd sandwich can give you, so uh, mm. mixing it up. I know there was a lot of people uh, quite impressed with the, the food on offer and um, the, the amount of stuff that you could just stuff in your pockets and stuff in your bag to uh, help you through those in- intermediate miles. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there were everything from sandwiches to quiches to pies to... Um, I think from the second pit stop onwards, there was um, there was curries, chilies, um, there was everything. Um, I had a ripe feast. Wicked, and uh, also nice food at the end as well, which was uh, important to get a few calories back into people. Did you have a look how many calories you burnt through the day? I know that in the first half, I did like four and a half thousand. So. Yeah, um, eight thousand three hundred calories. Um, <laughs> so basically, half half a week's worth of calories in uh, in in one day. So. Hence why I've been eating constantly since. <laughs> I think for me, the probably the hardest bit of the race was the, the last checkpoint to the finish. And again, this was just lack of variety. Um, so you kind of left, you had head torches on, so you had a very um, a blinkered view. And it just seemed to be this path, this side of this road for about five miles, or that's where it felt like. And all you could see in front of you were just lights, it was just like this this road is never going to end and at this point i've got andy clock watching and mile watching is like i think we i think we've got like 5k left i think we've got like 4k left no uh, that sign says we've got more than that and it's just like shush <laughs> let me just trudge through this i think if i was there andy might have ended up doing for a swim in the time because i really <laughs> hate when he does that hats off to him i mean i can tell that that's just how he was mentally going through the entire thing but he didn't need to verbalize it because at that point i was just like i just want to see the finish and what was very hard is you do then join the path that's over the time and as it because it's the path is bending around to the left it's just like can i see the millennium bridge yet can i see it yet can i see it yet and then you start loosening it a little bit because it's all lights at the other side it's like is that it? I think that might be it. And you go around the corner, it's like, it's not it. And it's just like, <laughs> is this path ever going to end? Um, I've never been so happy to see that bridge lit up. Uh, but just going across that, yeah. I know you've been on about doing the revenge race, but would you do it again? At the moment, I'm still undecided. There is this big, massive thing of, I've let something beat me and I, I, that's what I don't do. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of have this thing of, I'm going to go and beat it, and now it's up to 70 miles. It's an even bigger number, so uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can I could at least lord it over you eventually. But no, I, in all seriousness, I still don't like road running. Yeah, yeah. But I know that I can do more than I thought I could now. So possibly uh, I'm still on the fence, as I say, for, for maybe doing it next year. So yeah, I, I, I need to have a serious think about that. I know I can do it, and given a good set of conditions and, and less disasters. I would yeah. have done it this weekend, so maybe I will. Okay, interesting. Uh, so just some general cleanup. There was three options for the race. You could do the one day, which they classed as expert, um, which uh, confused us three when we stood in the pen. We're like, because <laughs> we were surrounded by actual runners. We're like, mm, <laughs> I think we're in the wrong place here. So you had that, or you had the two day. So that was running to the midway point, camping, and then carrying on on the following day. And then you had the relay option, uh, which quite a number of people did. So I, I don't think it defined how far you had to run, but I think um, naturally they were running from uh, between the pit stops. Yeah, as a colleague of mine, his wife was doing the relay and I think she did um, like a 20-mile section and then did the last section as well from um, 
from New Bern into the finish. So, um, right, okay. yeah, I think quite a few people were doing the relay, and it seems like a really good way of doing it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As with all the rat race events, the locals were absolutely amazing. Uh, there were there were people driving the course in cars, getting out, pulling into little laybys, uh, ringing bells, uh, clapping, cheering, and it was just really uplifting. And it really helped get through some of those sections because there were some horrible, horrible, laborious sections. Yeah, there was some some random guy just pulled over in a layby on one of the long straight roads um, when I was struggling and and um, going through my mental anguish. And you know, he pulled me to the side, he gave me some water, and we had a little chat about stuff. And he'd obviously done the event before. Yeah, that was that was pretty good. Just uh, random people on the way and um, everyone being uh, feeling like everyone's on your side. Um, again, volunteers. I, I can't knock the volunteers at any event I've been to. Um, so upbeat, so full of beans and exactly what you needed. The aid stations were perfect. They came with an absolute feast, somewhere to fill your bladder. Um, the checkpoints, there were very small tables uh, with a couple of gallon containers on there. And uh, what, one thing that I didn't, I know it said this on the event information, but it's the first one that they haven't had the little plastic cups. Um, so when I rocked up to one, mine was already full of, well, not full of coffee, but uh, the remains of coffee. And I thought, I, I really don't want to fill that up. So I've now ordered a, a little disposable cup as well, as well as my mug. But there was always Skittles or Haribo's at those things as well, which was great just to, just to kind of have to one side for those those horrible hills where you just need a little bit of power to get up. Ride those sugar highs. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Um, at the Millennium Bridge, there was... Backdrop. Uh, there was somewhere to sleep. There was showers. There was toilets and chili or, or a curry as well. Um, I, I mean, I give you my token because I was starting to feel quite sick at that point. Yeah, it was good that they um, had loads of facilities inside for people at the end because obviously, so many people have um, put their bodies and minds through a lot of stuff. They just want a few home comforts, and also they had the uh, massage people in there as well That's to right. uh, yeah, ease yeah. some of those aching muscles. That I'm sure was. Um, really uh, welcomed by a lot of people that used it um they did have a bag drop system so the that seemed to work really well so all the major checkpoints or i should say all the major pit stops uh you could get to your bag get changed get stuff out of there and they got, just got moved between the pit stops and the system really seemed to work yeah it did um i think if you weren't having the support that we had um then using the bag drop system would have made it nice and easy i almost wish that i was using the bag drop thing rather than our support because mm. I'd have known that I'd had a bag at the next pit stop which might have given me a bit more impetus to um, push on that, that extra five miles I don't know it, maybe that could have changed things for me it's it's a, all these things going from my head about uh, my day now I'll, I'll be honest with you that was always a fear because um, uh, hats off to Christina my other half uh, she did a, a cracking job supporting us definitely but I, as you said it it also gave you that easy out if you ever needed it so I, I said to her beforehand I says listen just just don't make any noise about uh, you, uh, are you sure you don't want to lift or anything like that because we're going to be in such a mental state that being offered a lift when you're that, that shattered um, it, it's just an easy option out um, so yeah if we'd been working checkpoint to, um, sorry pit stop to pit stop it might have pushed you on. I don't know. Well, we'll never know until I do it again, will we? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and just another shout out to family and friends. I sent my dad the link to the tracker on the Friday night. And uh, as the pit stops went on and I was checking my phone, I was getting more and more messages from different 
uh, friends and family just saying, oh, well done, you carry on. Uh, and again, that was very uplifting and pushed me through those last 20 odd miles. Um, I guess without that, I, I, I don't know. I, I just found it very, very difficult, those last 20. Great that you can have that so people can uh, go along the journey with you from the, the comfort of their own home and stuff and, and see how you're getting on without you having to uh, phone up and, and give them updates. Yeah, yeah. So great system. Kit-wise, um, I, I know you had the issue with a few stuff, but apart from that, how was your kit? It was fine. Uh, the Brooks Ghosts that I wore were lovely and comfy. I think um, I was getting some pain in my feet from just pounding on the road yeah but the trainers weren't to blame for that and neither were my socks i wore the um for the first half of the run i wore the um hilly marathon fresh socks they were great yeah. and then the um ultra socks after that really good i wore my jacket again when it was raining that was fine as always the um innovate uh race shell jacket again when it rained and that that was great and kept the kept any wind off me um i took my old van gogh bag that i've used for man versus mountain and various other things just because i know it's tried and tested i know how much stuff i can fit in there um there's plenty of space in there for my bladder and all my gels and everything else that i needed so i was quite glad i took that rather than the great glen i know you ran with the great glen i did yeah yeah. um it was okay i need to adjust the straps because um when i've looked through andy's photos uh it seemed to be sitting quite low on my back so I, I need to adjust that. But uh, apart from that, uh, as a bag, it was brilliant. Uh, those pockets on the front were for, were great for stashing the uh, the sweets. I was looking at other people as they were running, and there were such a massive variety of different uh, waist packs and ultra yeah. vests and all sorts of people even losing walking rucksacks and all sorts of things. It just just shows that you don't have to particularly have one bit of kit. You can anything can work whatever works for you you know but i'm amazed that some of the tiny ultra vests that people were wearing could actually fit the mandatory kit in Um, yeah absolutely i'm i'm not convinced that everyone was carrying all the amount of kit that we were at all the points yeah yeah i mean because our waterproof so that this group kind of tiny and the first aid kits just those two alone would would fill probably the 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 standard rat race bag um but these were about quarter of the size Oh, well, they uh, got away with it, and they got through, so there we go. You were going to take some calf compression sleeves, and you actually didn't take them with you. Did you miss those? So I didn't need them, but they were in the back of my mind all the way. So every time I I felt like a slight niggle in my calf, I'm like, that's it, that's it. I'm out of this race, and it's all because I didn't bring those with me. Or an idiot. You know what I mean? You're going around the race, and it's just one little thing playing on your mind uh, but luckily i didn't need them um this is the first event that i've done with tailwind and that seems to have done wonders and got me through without cramping because my uh, my right calf is partial to a bit of cramping yeah it's good stuff i didn't get any cramp at all uh, with the amount that i did um ever since i've started using tailwind it's um it, it's a really good bit of kit um i can't say anything other than that about it really important bits of kit because you're, you're running for that long or you're moving for that long an ability to charge your watch on the move is great. Yeah. Um, obviously, with our Forerunner 235s, you can actually connect it to a battery pack and the, and the cable and, and continue running whilst, you, whilst you're charging. That's pretty useful. Yeah. And obviously, having some charge for your headphones and your phone, if you want to get some music or audio books on, is um, a must, I think, if you don't yeah. leave them behind like an idiot. <laughs> um, so I run in the uh, Brooks Glycerin. Uh, for the first half and I switched to the Hawker 11s for the second half I think if would have been if would have been support at each pit stop and knowing what I know now 
uh, between two and three, that was that was hundred percent trail. And I think I'd have wanted something with a little bit more grip, because I uh, I don't know about yourself, but I was going up and over those hills kind of gingerly because it was getting kind of muddy. Well, you didn't look like you were going gingerly. You were leaving me for dust. <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean. If you if you knew what was coming at, at which point in the race, then yeah, you could have made a, a slightly different shoe choice and uh, put a pair of trail shoes in there. But it wasn't particularly arduous, and yeah, there wasn't a great deal of mud. Even though um, it had been raining quite a lot for the whole week beforehand, I expected a lot more mud, but it yeah, um, yeah. wasn't actually that bad. Yeah, final kit thing. Um, don't scrimp on things like hydration bladders. The uh, cheap rat race one you get free with a bag is not good enough. Stick with the known one, a camelback, a salomon, mm. uh, something good. Don't leave yourself open to... Um, horrible things like i had <laughs> yeah uh, to be fair i mean we had a discussion about a month ago because mine exploded as well uh, the one that we got with the great glen bags um and uh, at that point uh you you guys suggested i went for a camelback and i'm glad i did because potentially both of us could be in in the same situation yeah hard lesson to learn anyway yeah. talking about lessons learned uh hmm. what have you got what did you learn the ultra track mode on the garmin 735 is very generous um it added about four miles on uh which is great if you're if you're trying to do the mileage but when you're counting down the miles um adding four miles on there really doesn't help uh, and can break your spirits at times um apart from that um that was a good watch i only had to charge it once and it got me through the entire thing with about 20 percent battery left yeah, I turned off the um, wrist heart rate on my 235. Yeah. And I think by the halfway point, I was down to 55% battery. That was after eight hours. So um, yeah, yeah. I, I probably, with a little bit of a charge, would have done the same, would have got through with only one one charge on that one. Yeah. Um, I found that uh, with the Runstock Ultra the weekend before and this, I've definitely got 50K in me, which when you think I was training for a half marathon this time last year is is amazing. It was at the 42 mile point when I started to feel it in my legs and at that point uh, that's when I switched the caffeine tailwind um, which was great. To be fair I felt kind of sick when I crossed the finish line because I'd had I think in total about 14 scoops of that stuff um, so when I crossed the finish line it, it was a little bit heavy on my stomach uh, but great stuff. Yeah definitely I, I can't rave too much about tailwind to be honest with you. I think um, when I think back about when I did um Man vs. Mountain a couple of years ago, basically just water in my um, hydration thing. Yeah. Because I didn't really know about tailwind and stuff back then. The, when I think of the amount of cramp I had, I'm really looking forward to doing that same event now with tailwind um, yeah. to, to carry me through and hopefully get zero cramps at all and really, really enjoy that event. I guess one of the lessons learned, um, and I think we we know this, but I think that it came very apparent on this run. They always say try and train together. Uh, and unfortunately with our locations, we can't really do that. But it, it was very apparent that, I mean, Andy was a lot quicker than me. Um, I was quicker than you. So we were, we were kind of staggered right from the start. If you can train together, uh, the people that you're going to run with, because it'll make it a very different race, especially when it gets to those very hard points. If you've got your mates around you, I think I think you'll be a breeze. Uh, the hardest bit for me was when I was running solo. I saw a lot of couples running together. They obviously train together yeah. um, and know each other's pace and, and can get each other through. And it's like, like you said, groups of friends that train together. Um, it's got to be the way forward if you can. Um, and then just finally, I, I mean, I know we did this at Aaron, but I think we spent a little too long in the pit stops. Um, because I got to the point where I was cooling down 
and it just made it very hard to start running again. Um, I'm not saying we should have been in and out in like 30 seconds, but I think one of them, it was up to about nearly an hour we were in there, which in hindsight, I know we had uh, issues to deal with, but it would have been nice to keep it down to maybe 15, 20 minutes for each one. They're obviously trading off the rest against yeah. the ability to keep moving. It's um, it's a bit of a trade-off, and I'm not sure whether you need more experience to get to, to knowing what, what your limit is there. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, so just thoughts on the other events. Personally, I'm glad the wall's out of the way. It, it's always been my the white whale, should we say, the one that I've always been worried about. Um, I'm glad it's done. I'm glad it's behind us. Um, I know the other events aren't a breeze, but from a distance point of view, we've now done the longest one. Um, and I'm I'm just looking forward to getting back on the trail and uh, getting some scenic views. Uh, in terms of road, obviously, we've only got the Ultra Tour of Edinburgh yeah. um, as a long road one, which is 33 miles. I know that I can do 33 miles now. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. Hopefully, I can do it quicker and easier the next time I do an Ultra, so that'd be fine. Again, as you say, uh, with the other events coming up, there's, we're getting back on the trails, which is what we love. Yeah. Getting away from the road running um, and... Uh, being back in our element and some of the events we have got coming up, the man verses and stuff are going to be something entirely different. And I'm really looking forward to them now as a, not to get revenge on the wall, but to get revenge on myself really um, sure, to, yeah, to do yeah. some events and complete them and start racking the medals back up. Uh, numbers. I've got some very brief ones based on the spreadsheets that were provided. Uh, 501 people finished the day one expert. Uh, which is amazing, and 63 people did the Challenger, the two-day event. It's very hard to tell. From what I could tell, the two-day Challenger, there were only six DNFs. Um, unfortunately, you can't tell how many people DNF day one uh, because they didn't log that. Uh, but still, uh, the, the number of thousands been floated about, so there was a fair amount of people there, um, and it was, a, it was a really good event. Um, it was a really good rat race event, but road running, nope, I'm done. <laughs> Yep, done with that. Until maybe I'll do it next time. (laughs) Which I'll happily support you on. Final thought for me is just, um, again, thanks to people who've been listening. We spoke to more people again this weekend who've been listening to the podcast and giving us great feedback. Um, All becoming a bit of a family and seeing the same people all the time uh, is great. Yeah, Yeah, we will be back with more adventures. The next one uh, is in three weeks' time, so we've got a little bit of time to uh, get ourselves over what we've done on the road and um, get ready for Man vs. Coast. And um, this is one that's new to us both, but seems to be a fantastic and popular event. So, um, yeah, yeah, let's get to the seaside. Indeed. See you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.